Good morning, everybody. We're glad you're tuning in today, and we welcome each and every one to our service today. Um, and I trust that everybody is doing well and healthy. Just want to make a couple announcements to you. If anyone is in need of food or delivery of medication, or, or we can do any errands for you, those who are kind of hunkered down, we have people in place to do that. All the contact information is on our website at uh, gavincommunitychurch.com, and uh, you can make those contacts. You can always call me as your pastor as well. We will route the call and, and get, uh, get everything taken care of. And uh, if anybody is in need of food, we do have our food pantry still active. Uh, you can contact us as well. The contact information is also on the website, and we will uh, help you any way we can. But we trust that uh, everybody is well, and, uh, and everybody is uh, hunkered down and, and following all the CDC requirements and recommendations and uh, staying healthy. We look forward to the time we can get back together as a group uh, in the near future, hopefully sooner than later. But uh, we want to just kind of begin our service today. Uh, just with a prayer together that we've all come to, to know and, and loved and pray together as a congregation, of course, taught by Jesus himself as a model prayer. So let's begin our service and join me. Join me as we pray together right there in the privacy of your own home. Uh, hold hands to you, the ones who are beside you uh, and, uh, and pray this prayer with meaning, okay? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today I want to bring a message that's entitled, The Unstoppable Power of God. I know we've heard a lot about the unstoppable virus that's around us, but I don't want us to focus on that. I want us to focus upon the power of God at work in the life of the believer, in your life and in my life. It's found in Acts chapter 5, verses 33 through 42, and I'm going to read that along with some many other scriptures. So if you've got a piece of paper or a pen in hand, you may want to jot down some of the references uh, that you can go back and refer to later. If for some reason the feed gets interrupted, we, will, we are doing a, a recording and we'll get it posted on the website. So if something happens to that interruption, we apologize for that because we are having a few little internet connection issues. But uh, anyway, when we look at Acts chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 33 uh, through 42, and you'll notice that in this, in this passage, it is where Apostle Paul was up against challenges, and he, of course, fighting with the authorities that were against Christianity uh, was kind of up in the air as to what to do. But it's interesting the testimony that is given as others were beginning to shut Christianity down. And it's kind of interesting as well as comical as what, what was being said. Gamiel was the one who was speaking here when he said, when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. A Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin, ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, be careful about what you're going to do to these men. Not long ago, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody in a group of about 400 men rallied around him. He was killed, and all his... Uh, all his people were dispersed and came to nothing. 
After this man, Judas the Galilean, rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. That man also perished, and all his, all his people were scattered. And now I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will be overthrown. But it is, if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. So they were persuaded by him. And after they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. And they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be dishonored on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple complex and various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus the Messiah. It's interesting that those who may not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ are very much aware of the power of God around them. So have you ever felt powerless when you least expect it, God in His power delivers you and gives you victory? You know, it was Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that Paul in the Roman guard a Roman um, nation made this reference in verse 16 of Romans 1. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. So have you ever been to that place in your life to where things kind of crumbled around you? And I'm not speaking necessarily about what we're going through right now, but I'm speaking of any other crisis in your life. And when you least expect it, it, it hits you and you realize, what am I going to do? Where am I going to turn? How am I going to find help? Will I find deliverance? Will I find victory in the midst of this? And all of a sudden, God shows up in your life as you lean upon Him, call upon His name, and find that strength that's necessary for that situation, and God gives you victory. It all has something to do not with the power that you have, but the power of Almighty God. Greater is He that is within you than he that's in the world. And let me give you a couple of examples of perfect moments that became imperfect. Perfect moments that became imperfect. Uh, relief pitchers coming in to close out a game in baseball in high school. He's been waiting for his moment to stand there on the mound and shine. His arm is fresh. He's got his adrenaline going. And he's ready and excited to step into the game, close this game out so the team can win, and head off to the tournament that will begin their regional play, hopefully to the district and then to the lower state, and then eventually state championship. And they're just three outs away. He gets to the mound. And very quickly... A batter comes up, and within three or four pitches, that batter is out. And so his confidence is there. Perfect moment now, perfect for his life, that he's been waiting for a moment to shine. And then all of a sudden, another batter comes up to play, comes up to bat. And so he begins to pitch to him and throws a couple of balls, a strike, and then all of a sudden the sound of the bat creams the ball. And sure enough, it's a base hit. 
So he's got one man on and one out. They're up by two, the they're up by two runs. The opposing team is down by two, and so the only way that they can survive here is to get two more outs and to go home. The bottom of the seventh inning in high school, and so he begins to pitch to the third batter, and all of a sudden, you know, he's getting ahead of him. Two strikes, one ball. Looks like he's going to put the second out. And all of a sudden, the swing of the bat, crack, hits the ball. And now he's got two men on. A little bit of nerves began to rattle him a little bit, but he settles down. And so the fourth batter comes up to up the bat. Two men's on, man on first, man on second. Still up two runs, they got one out. And all of a sudden, he throws, he bears down, strikes him out. Now it's two outs, two men on. They're still up by two runs. All they need is one out, and they will be the champions of their region and on to district play they go. And all of a sudden, third batter comes up very quickly, base hit. All runners advance, now it's bases loaded. Two outs, still up two runs. All they got to do is one out. Even if they had to give up a run, it would be okay. And so they bear down, and he begins to pitch. Again, a perfect moment, right where he really wanted to be, as a pitcher, now closing out a game, not just a middle reliever. And all of a sudden, he throws that fastball right down the middle, and the crack of the bat happens when it creams that ball, and over the fence it goes. Grand slam, and they lose the game. Perfect moment has now become imperfect. You see, when those, hap those times happen in our lives, we find ourselves powerless. We find ourselves at a point where we're questioning and we're asking, what do I do now in my life? Another illustration. A couple's about to be married and they're standing at the altar. And all of a sudden, right when the, the minister gets to the personal vows that they're going to share back and forth, the groom opens his mouth and freezes and becomes very white and very pale and collapses and faints in the moment. A perfect moment for a bride and groom that has just become imperfect. Another illustration. You're getting ready to sell your house and all the authorities around you and the experts around you are saying, you know, if you, if you go ahead and replace this 15-year-old shingle or shingles, it will help you in the sale of this house. So why don't you think about putting on a new roof? And so you do as, as advised, knowing that you can get the asking price for your house, or maybe even better. And so you bring in a contractor, and they put you on a new roof. It looks beautiful. You feel secure. And all of a sudden, the storm comes up, begins to rain, and begins to pour, and that new roof takes on a leak. The perfect moment has now become imperfect. And you find yourself... Now what do I do? We have those moments, not only in our everyday life, but we have those moments in our spiritual life where we're up against a challenge and we ask the question, what am I going to do that this has happened to me now? Well, I want, to, I want you to think about the unstoppable power of God. It's, it begins all throughout Scripture. You can go ahead and all the way back to Genesis to the book of Revelation. You can find example after example and promise after promise how God demonstrates his power to his people. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 11 through 22, is a passage of scripture about the parting of the Red Sea. 
is a very powerful example to generations and generations and generations of how God showed up in the midst of a very difficult time in the life of Israel. And so here was the, the situation. The Egyptians were now leaving. I mean, the Israelites were now leaving the, the Egyptian bondage. And they were rescued after the plagues. And Pharaoh got tired of fighting God. And he released the millions of people to leave Egypt and to go inhabit their promised land. And on to the wilderness they go. And they come up to the Red Sea. And at the Red Sea, they begin to look and hear things coming from behind them. Pharaoh has a change of heart. His heart was hardened. And the change of heart was to go back and get the Egyptians and bring them back into bondage. And so now they're up against the Red Sea. And what are they going to do? In verse 11 of Exodus 14, it says, They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us to die? In the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. There was a perfect moment in their life and now has become imperfect. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will provide for you this day. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And the Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. There are times in our life, and I, I love that phrase, you must be quiet. In other words, Moses says to the Israelites in a very polite way, shut your mouth. Quit talking. Listen to what God is going to do in your life. When you are up against what looked like the, the perfect that has now become imperfect, he says, be quiet and let God do his work. In our, days, in our day's world, it may be that God is using this very situation we're in all over the world for us to become quiet and to watch God do something miraculous. I believe God is up to something big in everyone's life if we'll take the time to listen and watch what God is going to do. And in verse 21, fast-forwarding that passage, in verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall on them to the right and to their left. Of course, the Egyptians were pressing very hard upon the Israelites. They were getting quite nervous. Moses stretched out his arms God did the, the amazing thing and all of the Israelites crossed over the Red Sea and when God allowed all of the, the Egyptians to get into that sea, he closed the sea up. And just as Moses said, those Israelites or those Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. God's power manifested in the midst of what looked like an imperfect situation. A second example is found in Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, verse 2, as well as putting your finger on John chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, 
And John chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. Now listen to the characters mentioned here. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons came out of her. All right, this is the introduction of Mary Magdalene, who would become a great follower and servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, it says six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one that Jesus had raised from the dead. This, you know, this recorded in John chapter 11. Come there. And so they gave a dinner for him. Martha was serving them. Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of fragrant oil, pure and expensive, anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. So the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. This is the same Mary Magdalene who had been healed, a very situation in her life to where God had rescued her from evil. And in rescuing her from evil, God then uh, changed her life, and the demonstration of that change is seen in John chapter 12, verse 1 and 3, where Mary Magdalene is there worshiping her Lord and honoring Him with that fragrant oil to the point that she bathes His feet in that oil. The unstoppable power of God is at work in every person's life. It's whether or not we're going to take the time to be still and listen and watch God do His thing. A third point of illustration of understanding the, un the unstoppable power of God is Peter's declaration that's found in Matthew chapter 16 uh, verses 13 and 18. Now this is a time in which Jesus had the attention of all his disciples and he was having a teaching moment and he came to his disciples and he says when he came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked the disciples who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, he asked, who do you say that I am? It's almost as if he looked at Peter expecting Peter to answer as he so often did, spoke before he really thought and did things before he really thought it through. And he looks to Peter and says, but you, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the same Peter who was on the seashore that's recorded in Luke chapter 6. When Jesus stood there on the seashore of his life and Peter was out fishing all night long, a very seasoned veteran in fishing, and he caught nothing. And then Jesus shouts to him and says to Peter, Peter, why don't, or he says to him, hey guys, why don't you throw your net on the right side of the boat, which was against protocol. And of course, they had nothing to lose. They thought, who's this dummy on the shore giving us directions, but we'll do as he asks. So let's do it. And he threw the nets on the right side of the boat. And as a result, they could not even haul in the fish. And at that point, Peter made his beeline to Jesus. And Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. And he challenged Peter. Peter, thinking he had a perfect situation as a fisherman, providing for his family, well set in life. And all of a sudden, 
His imperfect happened. Jesus showed up at the right time, gave him a, a dose of just a taste of his power and his might, and Peter is changed. And it is Peter in Matthew chapter 16 who boldly says, you are, the, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he did it without being ashamed. You remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God within me for the salvation of many. And it is Peter's declaration. Again, another opportunity of the unstoppable power of God in a person's life not only in a nation's life in the parting of the Red Sea, not only in Mary Magdalene's life, but also Peter's life as an apostle. And then yet the fourth illustration is, a demonstration is in Luke chapter 23. And it's one of those passages of Scripture that reminds us of the love of God, reminds us of the forgiveness of God. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuke him. Don't you even fear God since you're undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things that we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then Jesus said, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, this was a... Uh, in their life, they thought a perfect situation until they got on the cross. And it became very imperfect, very fast. And it looked hopeless for their life. And yet two criminals who were on the same cross, or same situation on the cross beside Jesus, one to the right and one to the left, one begins to insult Jesus, have nerve to insult a dying man when he's dying himself, and yet the other rebukes him, and tries to get him to rethink. And he begins to cry out to Jesus. And Jesus cries, he says back to him, Today you'll be with me in paradise. You know, the unstoppable power of God, even in a dying moment, is amazing. So not only in the parting of that sea, with millions of people, not only with Mary Magdalene, who had been demon-possessed, and Peter's himself caught up in his own trade or a thief on the cross dying his last breath, the unstoppable power of God is manifested in each person's life. And each one of these came to a point and took the advice that Moses gave to the millions of people who stood there at the brink of that Red Sea hearing the thunder of the, the, the crowd of Egyptians coming toward him when he says, Be quiet. You're getting ready to see the power of God. Maybe the challenge is for you and I together to be quiet, to be still, and to watch the power of God be manifested in and through our life for his glory and honor. I remember years ago, a teenage girl in the congregation that I served up in near the Charlotte area, she had been not physically or sexually abused, but emotionally she had been abused by her father for so many years. And there was something about her. There was something that grabbed our heart as leaders 
There was something coming from her that we knew was deep within her. And through the years, we began to get to know her. And she'd open up a little bit more and a little bit more. And finally, she opened up in the class with tears just falling down her face. And she told her situation of how she hated her father and she wanted the worst to happen to her father. And another teenage girl was there, embraced her. Well, what had taken place is that through the years, the father had emotionally abused her and scarred her and wounded her. That hatred began to develop in her heart. But the father came to know Christ and he was trying to now change everything that he had done. Of course, he couldn't get rid of the wounds and he couldn't get rid of the scars. They were always there embedded in his daughter's heart. And I remember when the other teenager grabbed her and said, love him with your father's love. Love him with your heavenly father's love. Forgive him. Give him another chance. The, one of the hardest things for her was to do that. But we watched her, little bit by little bit, become more of a melting pot as she began to love her father and her family. And things began to turn out okay. Their wounds were there. The scars were there. Nothing could change it. But the family in Christ, and here was a situation that it looked like impossibility that God could, I mean, that this young girl could ever have a different belief or, or love in her life. And all of a sudden, the power of God intervened in this family's life to reunite them in a father's love from above. So have you ever felt powerless? Do you feel powerless now? Well, when you least expect it, God in His power is ready to deliver you, to give you victory. Your work, your service, your life is not dependent upon your strength. It is dependent upon the, the strength and the power of God. When He is at work, it is unstoppable. So are you tired of handling your situation? Will you trust God to provide His power? I firmly believe God is just waiting for many of us just to be quiet. Just to be quiet and shut our mouth and reach our hands and hearts to heaven and cry out to Daddy, to Abba Father, and say, here's my life. Surrender to you. Teach me all the things that needed to be taught and help me to have the courage to be the person that you want me to be. The unstoppable power of God is amazing. And I'm excited to hear testimonies of God's work in your life. As you and I together collectively surrender our hearts to Him, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, let me give you an appeal. Just pray a little prayer. Lord Jesus, I give you my life today. And I ask you to save me because I am a sinner. And I ask for you to give me new life. And thank Him. Thank Him for being the God that only can do what He can do. God is real, and God is powerful, and God is ready to 
do what only He can do when we become still. I want to pray with you a prayer. And then we're going to close out with a song. A prayer that hopefully you and I together can have victory. We can have victory this day on into the future. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you that each of us bow in your presence in the comfort of our homes or wherever we are right now tuning into this, that we can just be still for a moment, become quiet, and listen to your power, to listen to your might, to listen to what you're about to do in our personal journey. Father, thank you for your protection. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your power. Father, I am not bashful to ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with all power from heaven that you stop this virus, that you bring joy and replace that fear with your joy in people's lives, that you bring together a world now humbled before you, crying out to you as Abba Father, to understand the unstoppable power that you're ready to pour into the hearts and the lives of not only a people, but an entire global world. Father, thank you for your love, thank you for your grace, and thank you for the joy of my salvation. In your name that we pray. Amen.